But this is episode number 37. Bro, you know what's crazy? I feel like what's we crazy? haven't done this in a long time. Last Sorry. one we did was about 20 days ago. 20 days or so yeah, ago. But like we back. Time. What's up? What's up? My so, name is Noah Lyons. Henry Woods checking in. Checking in. Uh, first off, you got to follow us on Twitter at underscore WRGO. Be sure to always catch the read of the day. That's yeah, something you got to Yeah, you got to check that out. We put it. We putting out there, putting out good little reads for y'all. Some gems out there, some, some cuts. Follow us on Instagram at What's Really Going. Uh, follow us on YouTube. What's Really Going On. Subscribe videos. Uh, subscribe, listen, and comment and review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. All of that, all of that, do all of that. You know what I'm saying? Show, show some love. Show, show some love. love. Show some love. So we're gonna get right into it. Yeah, uh, so man, we're going to hit you with this food for thought. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard about it. You know Amber Geiger. Geiger. Y'all know who we're talking about. Y'all know she got convicted of murder. So Joshua Brown, who Brown testified in the case against um, Geiger for the murder of Botham Jean. There you go. You're not messing names. I don't want to mess up his. Uh, so basically, two days after Geiger was convicted of the murder, Brown was found dead. Now, that, that that's a little questionable in my eyes, but I'm gonna keep reading. Let y'all read. So, um, so police are saying Michael Mitchell, Jaquarius Mitchell, and Thaddeus Green have been they have been arrested and connected with Brown's murder or whatever. Police allege that three men traveled from Alexandria, Louisiana to Dallas, Texas. Four hours. Four hours and 23 minutes, to be exact, <laughs> to purchase marijuana from Brown. Um, hmm. Jaquarius, yeah, Jaquarius Mitchell told the police that uh, Brown shot him in the chest out there green that is Green and Brown got into an altercation. And that Green then shot Brown twice. They Green took the book bag and the weapon, fleeing the scene. And the person who shot Brown is in the hospital in police custody today. Recovering from the gunshot wounds. Um this is the type of thing where you try not to get conspiratorial or whatever the word is. <laughs> like you try, literally, you like, try not to, but it's so hard. It's like what? And I think that kind of the conspiracy thing gets into what we'll talk about that happened in Chicago. I don't know. I think this is just right like when you. I have questions, and I think I it, have and, questions. And it's worth noting. That and then on top of this. Uh, Geiger's uh, attorneys are appealing her conviction, and my theory. I'm not a lawyer. We're not. Lawyers. Is we're not lawyers. What? <laughs> what you don't know to appeal me? I know. I'm oh. saying like the anything go on. Whatever. Okay. okay so basically, my theory here, like no one says, a conspiracy stuff. My theory here is that they're gonna try to discredit. Joshua yeah, Brown's that's right. Yeah, they're gonna say he's like not a credible because witness. now he he's a drug dealer and they found all of this weed and money and all this. My thing and, is, and why dead. did the prosecutor not bring any of this up when they saw him up there? He was nervous about testifying in the first place. This is when I'll say I have 
two new roommates who are lawyers, and we talked about this, or who are in law school, and they said if the prosecutor would have known this, that he was involved in whatever activity that this happened, that he's alleged to have been involved in, he would not have been on that stand. That they would have discredited him. They would have said, "Hey, that's my thing." So, where did right this here? come from? Where did it, that? I know this. I know this, and I was uh, wanting to be lost in or whatever. Like my thing is, if you, if if he was a criminal, he had any type of criminal record, drug charges, traffic things. He a black man. It's quiet, right? It's quiet. So why? Where did this? He's a drug dealer. They drove four hours and twenty three minutes to purchase some marijuana. You spend more on gas money than you about to spend on your weed. And let me tell you, is the weed that good? Because how many how many plugs did you pass on your way to Dallas, Texas, to purchase this weed? Like I want to hear this come out of Thaddeus' mouth, uh, Michael Mouth, and Jaquarius. I want to hear them. Tell me this story, because what the hell? I think it is worth noting that um, Brown's family has called for an independent investigation. Yes, and presidential candidates have even commented and said that it should be independent investigations because it don't. If it's an internal investigation, what they don't trust. Uh, And then the next thing we're talking about now, Texas got some explaining to do. I'm turned up today. Uh, so we can move on to the next thing, but I think that it, that is important is that the Brown family and their attorney does not trust the Dallas Police Department to investigate At all. the matter. We're not. No, we're not. And, um, see, you talk about butchering names. I don't want to butcher her name. Uh, Atania. Aten- oh, F. Um, he, his, his her, her nephew calls her Auntie Tay, so we can say Auntie Tay. Auntie Tay Jefferson. Tay Jefferson. Uh, so y'all heard about this. So last week around 2 a.m., a concerned neighbor notices that the doors uh, to Jefferson's house uh, were open and called a non-emergency number for a safety check. Uh, police then arrive at the house and body camera footage shows an officer peering through the windows, uh, peering through the open doors, but doesn't announce uh, his presence. The officer shines a flashlight on his gun into the window and fires a shot um, while calling for hands to be shown the second time. So basically he said... Hands up, hands up, pile, hands up. And that bullet ended up killing Tay Jefferson with her nephew in the house. I think um, the officer, Aaron Dean, he resigned, ironically, the day before the police chief kind of publicly hinted that he was going to fire him Monday. I think that's a timeline note that's worth <laughs> that's worth something. The difference between being resigned and resigning and being fired. Um, but has since with been charged with murder. Um, I think one thing to note is that um, the Jefferson family has been very involved with service and I think this is something that I found is that Jefferson's brother is a 12 year Navy veteran he said about the matter he should be referring to Aaron Dean the police officer who shot and killed his sister he should be arrested I've been trained and taught there are pre-planned responses to everything and when you don't do it the way you've been trained or the way you've been taught you have to answer for that you know better. And I just think right. that there you go. Which is what I, I just think that counteracts. It provides someone who has served our country. No, that's what I was about to say. Because like, you can't I remember when the Trayvon situation happened, and I was talking to um, like 
somebody I knew that was in the military, and uh, my family member, and um, like they was explaining how <clears throat> that would have happened in the military. He would have been like, like dishonorably discharged, dishonorably discharged, yeah. and it would have been an investigation into it because they train you on how to respond to those situations. So like, and that's they, what, and they can't they can't mess up, right? And that's and what they I do, don't understand about all these police shootings and the way that they're being handled because Why that leeway is given, right? Like the leeway that's happening, like police are just getting off left and right, and you see an influx of it, like it's just happening over and over. And but to me. Is becoming like a confidence of I can do this and get away with it because no, there's no consequence being had right. like there was. Because like to me, it seems like these incidents are just getting stupider and stupider, or they're just getting more unforced. Where it's like the main ones, like think about when we were in like in school at Howard. It was like okay, the police officer they're on the job, but there's a direct the person can physically see. What's happening? Like the officer said, hey, this person was here. I thought I saw this. This stuff with Botham Jean, with Tay Jefferson, it's just like, we just coming in. We ain't even seen nothing. We just Bro, popping it's in and shooting. happening. And, it, it like, and there's less of an explanation for this stuff that to me is concerning where it's like, police officer knocks on my door, doesn't think I even live there before I even open the damn door. I'm dead. He just pops in shooting. And that's like... Like it's getting... it's just, This is just getting stupider and it's stupider. It's worse. Uh, and then a criminal defense attorney in Texas commented on it. Uh, I'm going to play the video. The lights were on. I have floor-to-ceiling windows in the living room. The blinds were up. Anybody who walked by would have seen that I was home. At some point, my dog demanded to go out, and I let her back into the backyard and went back to watch my movie. About five minutes later, I heard her barking furiously, and I went into the kitchen, into the backyard, where I keep my back door open and my storm door shut. And as I walked to the patio, I saw two flashlights flitting across my backyard, in the dark, in the grass. And when I walked out to my patio, I had to yell out, who's back there? And the answer that I got is, it's the police. I am a white woman in a middle-class neighborhood, and the circumstances of my call, the police were called out to a barking dog, not a welfare call, a barking dog. But the police came onto my property. They started flitting around and creeping around stealthily. They did not come to my front door and announce themselves when anybody could have seen that someone was home. Instead, they flitted around, and they were stealthy, and it wasn't until I cried out that they announced themselves as the police. I am alive, and Tay is not. And that's white, that's white privilege right there. There you go. <laughs> uh, she no, took yeah. a long time to explain it, but that's the point I was trying to hit. Like, And that's a defense attorney in Arlington, Texas. Right. Um, for her to recognize this, and it's not even just her. People recognize what's going on. It's like people are, not even people, legislators and lawmakers are and doing judges. Judges. <laughs> and that, and to, to be honest, if I, and, I don't and, know how accurate it is. Like, can I add one more thing? And people, because that's juries. Juries, too. <laughs> like, aren't doing anything to, like, 
change what's going on. It's like you can recognize what's wrong, but you're not going to recognize it wrong enough to the point where you have to do something about it. Right, and that that's like, I don't know. It's just ridiculous that this stuff going on and we continuously have to do with it. And it's, again, nothing. Like, even when you talk about these presidential candidates, which we'll get into later, I don't see anybody putting comprehensive plans out about holding police accountable for these situations but you always want to comment on it and bring light to the issue, but you're not doing. Or you want to bring it up it. to check the box of saying that you're bringing it up, right? But it actually, like, will you say, "Hey, if I'm president, I will have the Justice Department implement penalties if police, if police like departments and cities don't abide by X, Y, and Z rules? Exactly. Then you will, you will get penalized. That's what I'm saying. They need to make rules across the board so there is no like gray area. Right. Like, if the judicial system is not going to hold you accountable as president, I will. And Some that's, that's real. The judicial system been wilding out these past couple of weeks. We'll get into this next one. I saw this on the news. Um, DeAndre Somerville uh, down in Florida, of course, uh, he was arrested for oversleeping through jury duty. He was sentenced to 10 days in jail time, a year of probation, and 150 hours of community service after he failed to serve on jury duty in August. It's just kind of, he just kind of got sentenced and then he came out. Somerville said, now I have to explain this in every interview. I think um, the biggest thing that struck me besides just how stupid this is, is that, and the Meek Mill documentary sheds light on this, is now he has a year of probation. And in the case of Meek Mill, he showed how probation can just lead to one thing after another and can snowball into all of these different rights being taken away for something as stupid as you oversleeping jury duty. And I think that the Meek Mill documentary highlights just how many people are kind of kept in this box, in this low, in this geographic box, in this hiring box, because they can't do things because, oh, I can't work outside of my city limits because I'm on probation. And if I do, I'll get more time on probation. Nah, that is back. what's crazy. Um, so for something like, as stupid as that, that's I was like, reading up on it or whatever, and his defense attorney was supposedly trying to appeal the decision. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, because that's an ex- that's excessive. But I like and the, the DA who was on was the case like, thought it was excessive too. Uh, yeah, the judge was like, he held up court for 45 minutes and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, like this is a learning moment. 10 for days you, in son. jail, yeah. 150 hours of community service, and a year of probation. That's ridiculous. And, and it, I think it is important to say DeAndre Somerville is 21 years old. Right, the, he's he, a is 20, he is twenty-one. I've never had a jury duty, so I hope that. But I, I bet if you overslept, you wouldn't be in. I wouldn't be having to look at you in the clink for ten days. I man. pray to God not, because we suing somebody. But I just think that's. It just gets to how messed up the system is, and how it only takes one judge. To up your whole life. To screw you. And that's what they do to black people because I tell you to, never mind, we're going to go to the next thing. Um, billionaire Sajad, Sajad Khan <laughs> to fund Black News Network. He's the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars owner. Uh, he like, bought a majority stack in the Black News Network in November. Um, like, yeah. yeah. So, set to run, it's set to launch November 15th to 33 million households. Um, the Black News Channel was co. This is interesting. Uh, it was co-founded by J.C. Watts Jr., a former Republican congressman um, who was pretty big, and um, Rob Brillante in two thousand three. Um, 
this will be interesting. Like, this is something that we, me and you, were just going to have to watch and see how this kind of unfolds. Oh, I'm not watching. <laughs> that, I love no, the I idea. Mean, that's why. Because, because I feel like the content, like, first I'm, of all, why is, uh, I don't know his nationality, but why is he, like, I get the, because he, he would not, again, reading on it, he was saying, why wouldn't he do it? This is like an idea that shit has been happening. His quotes about it made sense. It was right. like, this is something so that I needs get to be, it. this is inefficiency. But in at the same time, for him to do it is questionable on how much involvement is he going to be there. And then you have a Republican. So it's just all like questionable. I mean, I might tune in once or twice. I will get. I will say this, because but I feel like it's gonna be like one of those like whole top things, and I ain't got time for that. I'll say this. I know because we've been on this from jump about how there should be more black news specific. It cult. should be. We've been on that for a long it should time. Be. So that's but why the I want to cater to. That's true, but I want to give this the benefit of the doubt and at least give it. I want to watch some clips. I want to see what kind of stuff they're running. That's what I said I yeah. I pay attention to it, but you be quick quick to drop it. If 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 and now it with, plays with out our how news I host, ben think, Carson. <laughs> right? If it plays out how I think it might play out, Herman Kane on the morning. I don't have time for that because what what like they can't. The idea is there. They're going to play, play it like, you know, a little puppet master. Yeah. That's what I right see. Here, this go get our, doing. Go get our, go, go, I go see get that out. doing this. But what if it's actual black news, what's going on with black people, and it's talking about like. That's valuable. I Like, yeah, valuable content. Yes, the caution flag is up if they actually do that. I will definitely tune in. I will definitely talk about it. I'll definitely be a supporter. However, on the contrary, we got to see it first. Yeah, I got to see it. All right, so now we're going to move on to uh, what we talked about at the top. Uh, Laquan McDonald, the Inspector General of Chicago, released a full report on his murder. I think it was in 2014, 2015. Uh, Henry has got a little clip for us that he will play. Shooting of Laquan McDonald and whether or not there was a large-scale cover-up of the initial incident to protect now-convicted former police officer Jason Van Dyke. The city's law department released a sweeping inspector general's report today. That report looks at all of the events associated with the shooting and recommends action for 16 officers, sergeants, and lieutenants involved. Paris Schutz has the latest. Paris. Well, Phil, it's a much anticipated report that looks into the conduct of those 16 officers, detectives, and lieutenants who were either involved in the scene that night or in the drafting and or approval of the official police statements on the investigation into what happened. So in all, this report recommends 11 of those police officers be fired. It recommends five of them be disciplined. So in the intervening years since this report was first done, many of these officers have already been fired, resigned, or retired, but our count shows that five of those officers are still active on the force. One of them... Yeah, so I think that, to me, that was the biggest takeaway from this was that um, the inspector general, and I think this goes back to what we were talking about with the Joshua Brown death, is that the Chicago police officers involved 16 of them. Many of them gave false statements. They lied about what they saw. They tried to protect the police officer who eventually ended up being convicted of second degree murder and going and being sentenced to six years earlier this year. Um, six years. Mm, I think, yeah, he was sentenced to six years in January. 
<laughs> okay. But I think that this is why people call for independent investigators because when stuff seems fishy, they're not people aren't getting that from out. We're not grasping that from thin air. If that no, stuff about facts, this case facts. did not this seem is right, exactly why Auntie Tay situation and, and Joshua, and Joshua Brown, Brown and all of that, like you have to have independent when it involves an officer at no point in time should that particular police department or agency or Be whatever investigate investigate that particular crime don't yeah. go get your buddies to do it either you need to contact the um like dang either the city inspector general or somebody the or, that's the the was, or the department of justice you need to, to contact to that's what i was looking at. you need to contact your state department of justice they need to have it written Every police Documented. shootings are handled by the state's department of justice or something like that because what? Because we don't trust you to and then <laughs> get everything out. Like yeah. that's that's just crazy. Um and I think it is worth noting that the report was written three years ago. Right, and it's just yeah. now coming out like because they have I think the the way the Chicago Police Department and the Inspector General is set up, if they give a report, it's like remains locked for a certain time, but this the city, so I mean, this is one good thing that the mayor and the kind of the city council did, is that they basically said, nah, like you have to like get this out because this is information that the public needs to know because the public already don't trust the Chicago Police Department. And if they don't even know what happened, it's only going to lead to further stuff. So I think that one, more inspector generals and independent counsel should investigate stuff like this and the reports should be released. Nah, definitely. Because you, then you can't say like, okay, they were, they did an investigation. Oh, uh, we didn't find anything. Well, can I see what the hell you came up with? Nah, facts, <laughs> facts. I just think that's it's still sad, and it's still <laughs> and, and it's so no, it is five sad. of the police it's officers are still sad. five it's, of those police officers are still active, are still on duty. Well, not like and they shouldn't. That's why I was like the rest of that video is pretty interesting because like one of the officers is serving as a key witness Mm -hmm. to two cases against other officers that conspired in it. So it's pretty like it plays It runs deep. Yeah, (laughs) it's like a mess. So again this this is why I question the police because you can't trust them people. But um, I'm glad that report came out. Me too. So yeah, Whole Foods, bro. This is crazy to be honest. Whole Foods, okay. So Whole Foods cuts benefits of uh, part-time workers. They uh, they confirmed that it will eliminate the healthcare benefits for part-time workers, constitute nearly two percent of the workforce. Um, this is for people who work between twenty and thirty hours per week. Um, the Medicare benefits will be cut effective January first. Um, the CEO said, in order to better meet the needs of our business and create a more equitable and efficient schedule model, we're moving to a single tier part time structure, which is bull crap. Like, <laughs> I mean, it seems it seems like it affects a small percentage of the workers, but at the same time, Absolutely. Jeff Bezos make all this money, and you can't even pay your workers. And- I'm, like, come on, dude. As we speak, I'm trying to look up Whole Foods revenue. <laughs> like, this just kind of hit me of like, okay, you're saying it's like this inefficiency that you just can't. That you Bro, just Whole can't Foods do. Bank, like, they got to bank. Jeff Bezos is taking over the world. He wouldn't have bought Whole Foods if 
it wasn't a profitable business. So I'm going to just go off the basis and knowledge of knowing that. They got it. They got it. And knowing that, it means that why are you cutting these people health care? It's already hard enough for people to live like these. They like, you got to pay copays and medicine. You got to get uh, different subscriptions. Like that stuff is expensive. They made $507 million. They been had it. Like, come they're, on. They're that, it's crazy to they're me good. that you cut people. Why are you playing with people health care? I think that's my thing. Why are you playing with people health care, bro? Like, and also, and then the part time workers. I, I'm just assuming, but if you're part, all part time workers are not just high school students staying with their parents. Grown ass people. Grown people living but, grown lives. They got grown responsibilities. Yeah. And also, you have to think about it. And I think this is, this was my biggest takeaway is that, okay, you take away that where are they getting, where, where are they getting their health care from now? And I asked, and what if that's, your, what asked, if that's your only source of income? I literally asked my, who did I, I was talking to him. I was like, so, like, if you can't get insurance from your job, and let's say you government. make too much money to get Medicare, or Medicaid, Medicaid, Medicaid. What you gonna do? ACA. That's do. Public marketplace. That shit's expensive. It's expensive, and that's the main reason why our healthcare system is jacked up now. Is because you're covered. It's like you're covered, but are you good if something actually goes wrong? And in most cases, the answer to that question is no. You can't you can't slip and be still be good. So they need they these next per, and I will say when we get into the next thing, that has been one of the main things they do talk about. So I guess all right. So now we're gonna get into the big big facts. Uh, So there was a fourth Democratic debate, which uh, sadly had a dozen people on stage. The DNC, y'all need to do better, kick some folk out. No, for real, because it's 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 getting to the hit. Bro, it's about to be twenty twenty. And what? God dang on. Two months. Two months. Like, come on. Two months. They need to. Tulsi Gabbard, you got to get out. They need. Um, listen, if you're not who we know you are, you just need to get out. be like, oh, they're still in? Um, then you got to go. It's only um, like one, two people that's like, okay. I would say I'd be generous and say six. Maybe maybe at most eight people are to be on that stage. But, um, oh, I wasn't saying that. I was saying oh, there's like yeah. one or two people that I'm like. Feeling. Yeah. yeah. So now, uh, Henry, did you? What were your biggest takeaways from the debate? Uh, what did you kind of see? Um, so I'm gonna be honest. I did not tune into this debate because why, why is that? That's, the last also, debate, that's, also, that's also interesting. The last debate that I watched, A it was mess. very drawn out. Three hours, and it was just like they're not really talking, talking about, about nothing. nothing. And that's my thing with these candidates is like. How do I become engaged? How do I learn? How do I know? Because I have social media. I follow news. We do a podcast. I'm tuned in. I'm tuned in. And it's still just like... I'm tuned in. But this right here, but... So I get why young millennials are not very much engaged with the political climate or whatever. However you want to put that out there. However... Um, it does become points where I do become engaged on different levels to where it's like if they tweet something out or they're responding to this You'll or that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I see it, and that's how I become engaged. But, but like, don't you I, think that's on the 
who would you kind of put that on? Would you put that on how the race is structured or would you put that on the candidates for not properly engaging? I will like say us? this. Obama changed the game with social media. Therefore, he introduced a new way to interact and engage with not just young people, but voters as a whole or potential mm-hmm. voters as a whole. So I think po- politics is still learning how to like use social media. And I also think it helped that Obama I.e. Trump. He and he used it very well. No, he don't. <laughs> no, he to get elected he did. I think that's something people don't Well talk yeah, about. but like he needs to be he banned did. from social media. Yeah. But he knew I'm saying it in the sense of he knew how to get engaged with people. We see his oh, tweets yeah. and we don't even that, don't Oh even he knows him. how to do that. Right. But that's he know but how that's to create an uproar some controversy. But that's a part of engagement though. Regardless, is it, regardless, it still is. Is it? That's like... I'll just say this. As that's not media, good content. It doesn't have to be good content. It does. Okay. When <laughs> You're I'm thinking about this from a media perspective. We're like, like, I grew with... Who said this the other day? Kamala. Um, um, limit, like, banning... That, these companies need to do better jobs at flagging what people are saying online because it does... Like, it, it's not like controlling your free speech, but literally we witnessed you know, how you're inciting hate or inciting violence. right. You're inciting hate, and we witnessed how this can escalate into like people God dying. forgive me, like people dying. dying. That's a better dying. way of saying what I was about to say because but that's actually happened. No, that, <laughs> yeah, these mass shoes. That's, that's what I was about to say. Happened. So it's like we can see how social media plays into that. So it does need to be some type of regulation on that. Just my personal perspective, um, but to get into the debate. Which you tuned into. Um, per my research, the key takeaways were the Democrats mostly united on the impeach. I want to talk about Trump's comparing his impeach to the goddamn uh, lynching. We'll talk about that. Warren faced scrutiny over a front runner. Who is the front runner? Warren. But you just said it. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> She's a front runner. I didn't. Or rather, don't you know how in the first couple of debates we were talking about how. Everyone is coming out with a right hook at Biden. They saying, "Oh, he's down." Let's oh, like, so let's this is her cur- turn. Everybody was coming at Warren because they see her as the big dog. They see, she got the big piece of chicken on her plate. So everybody's like, "I want what she got." So who's ever leading, you try to take a bite out of their apple. So everybody was hitting her on health care. Was hitting her on, yeah, you talk a good game, but your plans are too unrealistic and. You know, just stuff like that. So I think so that's she a, got questioned a lot. Maybe I should have tuned in. You should have tuned. I think it was it was the most substantive debate. I watched a few highlights. It was the most substantive one in which they weren't just they weren't BSing, but it's still if it's three hours with twelve people, that's bruh, It's like you can make it. How do you expect way. somebody to watch all of this? Um, Democrats run on healthcare. That's what I was saying earlier. Like they, the debates I have watched in policies that have been talked about the most. I mean, healthcare. And I appreciate that because I am at a stage in my life where, what if I want to be an entrepreneur? How am I going to get healthcare? That stuff is expensive. People like, I mean, we're both 24. When you're 26, you get kicked off of Oh, I've been insurance. on home insurance. I've, I've been, t- no, I'm just like, but I'm saying for, for our listeners, no, I'm if here. If I'm here. Have, we have less than a lot of us since I'm 24. We have let me, I'm still on my mother's because it doesn't make sense for me to pay into something that is. Equal to my work insurance. Y'all have about two years. Two less, in a lot of cases, less than two years to figure that out. And that's a real expense. That's something that you people really have to oh, think about. Oh, it's expensive. Trust and believe that, yeah. y'all. That, 
that's why people being dead in hospital bills. Um, and then it was interesting to hear that Bernie Sanders was on the stage after his heart attack. A lot of people, and this is, I think, my like hot, not hot take, but I think a lot of people said that he did well. And was he, he screaming? No, he was like energy. I mean, he didn't do the screaming shit. <laughs> um, he was energetic without screaming, but I think, and it sounds bad, and but I don't think it sounds bad the more I think about it. He's almost eighty, and he just had a heart attack. That's not surprising. that can, but that can be talked about, right? And that's not like to me. That's manner, not off though. limits. It's like, what is your literal fitness for the job? That's a conversation that I feel like people are trying to like touch with kid gloves. Some candidates have gone after Biden in kind of like low-key, sneaky, disrespectful ways of like, are you forgetting what you just said? Like kind of like funny shit like that. Right, like he but, got dementia or something. Right, which is kind of effed up. But I think that that needs to be a conversation of like, a lot of y'all are in y'all 70s. A lot of y'all are in y'all late 70s. You just had a heart attack. It does need to be tethered. To be, you know what? The structure of the presidents in our, you know, past have set up this like precedent of this is the archetype of what a president should be. However, we're in a new day and age, and people need to be more accepted. But even the, even the tradition, presidents are not as old as Biden and Sanders. No, nah, that's real. They're <laughs> like, gonna be one of the oldest. But what I'm saying is like white male. Oh yeah, yeah. of course yeah. you're gonna get the pass. Right, where if it was like if Elizabeth Warren were that old, would that fly? If you know what I'm saying? Barack Obama was that old. If That's Tom, exactly what Harris I'm saying. That That's what I'm saying. Or even that young, like Buttigieg. Yeah. Is this? You kind of you're right. It's like white men are given the path of breaking. Like, oh well, he's breaking the mold, and it's like, well, if you're a black person, you got or a non-white person, you have to. Fit the, the mode. There is exactly no what it is. There's no if ands or yeah. must. Yeah. So I think that's just annoying. And I think that to me that's something that not if I were a candidate I would talk about, but that's Oh, these candidates do need to cut it out. Just me just saying. I'm Motherfucker just, had a heart attack on stage, dog. What what I feel like that Judge Judy joint. But I mean that's to me that's an issue. It is. If you had a heart attack while running for president, you expect me to be like, hey, that's my guy. He might have a stint in his heart by week three. Has he even addressed it publicly? He just said like the traditional thing of I'm still in the campaign. I appreciate everyone and I'm here to fight. And I was like, good dude, but you can fight in the Senate. Sit, sit your butt down somewhere. And I think that sounds like, oh, you're being ages. It's like, no. The president. Look That's at what happened to problem. Obama, dog. Like that, that man Bro, took, that he went took a toll on black, him. Came out full gray. That's crazy. Just crazy. But this impeachment thing, yeah, Trump, yeah, had the audacity to tweet out for we just talking that this is um this is the it's Democrats equivalent to a lynching. Basically, this is a mob in an attack on a pre- what the bro? I'm he got to go. He's not and, going and, nowhere, though. That's the crazy the thing, thing. And I think this is, like, I guess our debate takeaway slash impeachment update is that um, I get stuff takes time. Pelosi, you got to get on this stuff, man. Yeah. Hurry up. What you waiting for? Bro, he about to act that. 
the sh- the closer it gets to 2020, you got closer. You got come on, let's bro, go. By Thanksgiving, I need this to be done. Bro, it, Thanksgiving, I need this to be over. I still ask this question. How is he able to run for president if he has an impeachment inquiry? Not in peace. Regardless, that's like saying I come up with a scenario here real quick. Uh that's like how can you get the promotion while suspended? That right, <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. And, and you know what the guy, and you know what Bob will say? I want fire though. <laughs> oh, Bob can say that. Dorian can't. Trump can say that. Obama yeah. can't. What are you trying to say? That was the point, though. Oh, that went all oh, the way over your head. So, okay. Do you want to talk about this? I feel like yeah, so. Be a, are we still going to do this? We had a third. I, six mark. What y'all doing? <laughs> Ayana Mansman. She's a 15 year old girl in Massachusetts. She was suspended for bullying after posting a note in the bathroom. There's a rapist in our school. Do you know who it is? She and uh, two other students. Posted similar notes. A male student came out and felt unsafe. He stayed home from school for a few days. These kids. Why are you reading it? I don't movie? know. It's yeah, just crazy. Like kind of getting into the weird these, territory here. These these students were then suspended for a month's time for bullying. Hmm. And the school kind of went on this weird little riff about what classifies as bullying and it's like harboring an unsafe environment or atmosphere toward other students. Like like the school went deep in like their explanation of why they did it. It um, was a lot of malarkey. Um, okay, Joe Biden. That's what Joe Biden said. I'm not lying. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's where I picked the word up from. Yeah, I don't know. Probably did. The ACLU is taking on her case. Um, the two other students haven't come forward. Interesting enough, this is happening in one of the most the like highest grossing communities in Massachusetts. So it's very interesting. Maine. Maine, my bad. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um it's, yeah. it's it's very interesting to hear about because I mean, the school just made it hot for them hot for themselves. Hot for themselves. They definitely about to take this L on a lawsuit. They they said they ain't making no comment because the court is in case uh the case is in the court. Uh, What's your biggest takeaway on this? Because I know, like, this is like its own kind of. I mean, it's not its own isolated. I mean, I definitely kind of. What's your like thirty thousand kind of foot view of this story? Because I think that's like the most interesting thing to me. It's kind of like what this says about culture. That's why I put it under the title in which I put it on the country like attitude towards me too. Because this is like a few in the face to females again when we when they or somebody. Male or female, if you come right when somebody attempts to speak about their sexual assault experiences or rape, which is what they were talking about in this in this instance. Yeah, Um, they try to like um, they condemn the person that's coming out about it, but the person that is accused of it is sometimes depending on the circumstances because hmm. Anyway, main point here is Where are you going with that? Yeah, my mind went left. But you want, you want nope. steer it toward? Nope. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, basically what I'm saying is like when people come out sharing their experiences or seeking help or just wanting to vent or seeking coping, like they don't get the support they need. 
Um, and it, it's stuff like this that happens, or even the one of the articles that I was reading, and one of the uh, arguments that the ACAU is going to attempt to make is like how unsafe school environments have become for kids, and how like in these situations when people have been accused of like like teachers have been accused of like sexual allegations, the kid is kind of like not supported again. So no, I mean, I think it's a thing of the, the person who comes forward, the accuser gets the smoke that the accused should. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem is that, and it seems like where this is all stemming from is that before this, these three girls kind of made it hot and kind of put this out there. Apparently the school knew the information in which they were referring to and kind of sat on it or had, they felt that they didn't do anything about it. And I think that's not just a thing that is at this school in Maine. That's in schools across the country. That's on college campuses. Shit like that happened at Howard. Like that's, that's a bigger conversation of like, okay, let's just say that the person is not just like being brash and just saying like, Oh, I'm just screaming at you. And this is like, what's they, they do everything in which they are quote unquote supposed to do. They report it. They go to the authority figure and the authority figure does nothing. I think that's the, and that's, and that's the conversation that we need to have. And I think that these girls are doing this because they're saying, if you're not going to do what you are telling us to do, what you are telling us to do all the time is they to come to, to you. We're going to take it on by. We're going to take it by ourselves. And if you don't they like how we're doing it, that's on you because you didn't do it when we first came to you. And I think that's where I, that's to me the bigger thing in this is that they're just saying, you know, f you. We're going to do this ourselves. No, because we came to you and you did nothing. And I think that's kind of indicative of where this whole thing is: is people are reporting it to authority figures and oftentimes police and they're just kind of like, eh, he said, she said, what do you want? That's basically how them situations end up. Which is sad. And I think we, as a culture, we need to figure out a better way of. You got to do better, bud. Yeah. We need to figure out a better way of reporting this stuff. Got to do better. Um, So Sally May, Sally May don't have my loans, thank God, but I'm sure. uh, So they flew more than 100 employees out to Hawaii Sally May flew more than 100 employees out to celebrate their $5 billion in student loans issued. Um, their CEO said in, in a retweet, uh, with sales get together for all of our salespeople, adding that Sally May has taken trips since, 19, since the 1970s. Uh, nearly $1.6 trillion in student debt exceeds the amount accumulated in car loans and even credit card debt. It's the second uh, biggest lending debt to mortgages and houses. Um I, I'm not going to say I have an interesting take on this, but I just wasn't shocked. <laughs> like, I wasn't when shocked. I, I wasn't this, shocked by this. Like, if my you, face. I wasn't shocked. And I'm surprised get people a, are shocked. I had this. to get an outside loan from Sally Mae to take a summer class. Are you shocked by this? I was, it wasn't shocked. It was just like, like bro, this some <laughs> bullshit. What the? Like, What? My interest rate highest, and y'all see here spending my money like this, and that would be my thing about these. Like, I don't know. I mean, you, I don't know, but it's just, it just, it was like an f you to the face to me. This is why I wasn't shocked about it. Do you think the person who's making the company, like you said, do you think Marlboro cigarettes is not taking their? Oh, we just sold our ten millionth box. 
I mean, Even though Barbara they know that's messing the world up. At you least Sally Mae could play nice. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to mess my life up and make me pay you back, all the, so I get so, it. So, like, that, that's why I'm preparing, like, cigarettes. Like, so like a cigarette company does it. You're kind of like, well, okay, I guess they know. You don't think Sally Mae up in there be knowing, like, yeah, we screwing these Negroes over? Oh, they like, know. That's what I'm saying. I think, like, when people were, like, I'm outraged by this. It's like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not outraged, outraged. I'm not shocked. I'm just irritated. It's just irritating, okay? It's just irritating. It's like, my money paid for that trip. Hey, hey, yeah, you damn right it did. Technically, it did. Damn right it did. <laughs> I paid that motherfucker on the 15th every month. That fifth, that, that fifth round of mojitos was sponsored by Henry uh, Henry Woods. You know. I just wasn't shocked by this because I think it just, it's it's a corporate company. And I think that they oftentimes act how they want to act for profits before people. <laughs> Anywho, now we're going to get into the keep your head up, heads up. Uh, we're just going to... You got to come up with a different voice. Keep your head up. Ooh. All right. There you go. Right. Dang, it's going to get easier. You know how we like to do on heads up. We just like to keep you all posted on Hit what you're going to... Hit him and quit him. Hit him and quit him. Okay. Pow! All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So one hit. All right. Jab. Uh, Simone Biles became the most decorated female gymnast in the world. Won the 21st World Championship that just says, you know, you let us do anything. We She's gonna, a bad. <laughs> We're we gonna take over. Um, RP Frat, RP Frat. On a sadder note, uh, Elijah Cummings, congressman out of Baltimore, passed away last week, uh, or this week, actually. It was this week, wasn't it? Was last, week. last week. I don't get my dates mixed up. Henry, you got anything to say? I mean, one, he was a Howard alum. He was my fraternity brother. Shout it out. I'm trying to go to his Omega service. That's just a side note. Yeah. Um, no, I just think that it's sad, and I think that um, I think he's done a lot of work. Like, he, and no, we're gonna say, nah, he was like a front runner for a lot of different causes, especially in Baltimore. He stood mm-hmm. up for his people. Yeah, I think that's um, my biggest thing. So for a yeah. city that often got attacked by people who have never been there, right? And right. I think that that's important to note is that Trump took shots at Baltimore. I doubt he's ever been. Republicans take shots at Baltimore. People have never been. I think that he was the one person who's like, I'm here. I live here. And you're not just going to keep throwing shots at my city, which you don't understand, which you won't help. And like, I'm not going to let you just take all these shots at Baltimore like that. And I think that um, a lot of people were like, oh, this is a big blow for all. And I think that one thing that annoyed me is that Elijah Cummings is much bigger than just Trump. No, facts. And, and that was kind of like. That's getting grinding my gears because they were trying to um, just frame his legacy. Fr- yeah, frame. There you go. The perfect word I was looking for. Frame his legacy just with the Trump proceedings. And I'm like, dude. It'll be a chapter, what? but it's not the full book. It's not the full book. It's not. Don't play my man's like that. Yeah. And I think what he's fought for in terms of lower income people, voting rights is what he fought for harder than anything else. And I think that that's something that history will do him justice and tell the no, and, and tell that tale. Definitely. So I think that's shout out to that. Um another heads up, a judge rules that Florida can't block felons from voting. Henry and I have been on this since twenty seven, since twenty eighteen, uh, where we talked about that. That's just something to look out for because we know without a, without a doubt that um, Republicans and Republican judges will be trying to limit the access of yes, they will. Incarcerated That's what I was gonna say earlier. So, 
as 2020 approaches, and Florida is a 2020 battleground state. But this is going to make a great key difference, though. Yeah, and I think other states are going to try. And they do the need same to thing. do this, replicate this, replicate it. So, like you know, all my southern states and all my battleground states, be they on need the to they, come on now, get ahead of that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing, I really don't even know what to really think about this. J.P. Morgan. Um, Said that ten percent of their new hires had a criminal record. I kind of didn't really know what to think about that. It was like you working in a bank and got a criminal record because I know when I worked at a bank, they ran my credit and I had to do a background check and all that. I'm like, what? I mean, what's your takeaway about that? Is that uh, is it it's takeaway like that bitter, should... it, I'm trying to. I don't know how to feel about this because my only question is, what do these criminals look like? What's the real time? Like what are like demographics? Because yeah. I think my when I first saw it, I was kind of like, okay, what does that mean? And I was like, all right, well, is there is the stigma of okay, you might have a record? Are we getting past that? We're like, okay, you did some stuff, but you served your time, and now you're good. Not like where you just can't find a job. But I think what you got to is that who are these? Who are these people? Who are these people who have criminal records? And what do they look like? And That's what I want to know. So I think that's the key thing. My name is Noah Lyons. My name's No, I'm Henry Woods. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at underscore WRGO. Follow it's, us on Instagram at What's Really Going. YouTube at What's Really Going On. Spotify. SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts. Comment. Subscribe. Oh, Give us a rating. You know what we have on Apple Podcasts? Five stars. Where you get that kind of heat from. F with us. She's a big booty bitch, showing ass and